and welcome to So What's The Problem, in which we re-watch a movie from our youth just to see how um, problematic it may be by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Cherry Falls, which was released in the UK on August 25th, 2000, and is a TV premiere on October 20th, 2000 on the USA Network. It was written by Ken Selden and directed by Jeffrey Wright. It stars Brittany Murphy, Jay Moore, Gabrielle Mann, Candy Clark, and Michael Bean. I think it's just. I think it's just like Bean. Bean. Yeah. Michael Bean. I think. I think it is. Anyway, um, what's going to happen is, as Jen and I have thought of three problems this movie has. Jen's probably thought of a lot more, um, but we'll discuss them. We'll have a conversation about the movie, and then towards the end, we'll have one positive thing each to say about the movie. Um, so. Jen, what do you think of Cherry Falls? It could be better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it actually could be better. <laughs> well, I mean, I, let's be fair. Most movies could be better. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> it's, it is fine. I, I, I first saw it probably in like 2001, 2002. Um, it was a hard, hard to find movie. I didn't even know it had aired on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and as somebody who loves some teen movies and loves some late 90s uh, teen slasher movies, this was something I'd wanted to see. Um, and when I, and so I ended up buying it on DVD, which I have since gotten rid of, which because I was like, when am I going to watch it again? And then that didn't work out well here. <laughs> uh, but I remember watching it and be like, that sucked. And it, this time I liked it a little better. Yeah. But uh, it had it had some decent bones. Yes. But it was not structurally sound. Yeah. Reading up on it and listening to the commentary and the special features on the Blu-ray that I have, um, that made me like it. Well, respect it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember liking it back in um, 2000 because of one scene in particular and that's basically something that you don't really see in a slasher movie is when the killer just walks into a room and then just starts slashing everyone <laughs> I thought that was really ballsy for a slasher movie um, back in the back in 2000 well it was about, probably 2001 that I saw this so we're kind of pushing pushing the, the um, limit of age here for our um, podcast because I would have been in my 20s. But it's I'm counting it. It's fine. It's all right. But I used to like this. And then I watched it again a few years later. And like you, I wasn't too keen on it. Because I think I was sort of all slasher movied out by then. Um, but I like it better now. Because I do think it's got something different to it. It's, it's trying something different. It doesn't always succeed. Because the script was written more as a satire. But the director sort of made it a little bit more serious. There's sort of still satiric moments in there, but a lot of it is really the tone's kind of a little bit over the place at times. Okay, I I'm just gonna jump in here and say we are talking about my first problem because right my first problem is satire. So after I was done, I went into the living room and I asked Dylan. I was like, because sometimes I get a little confused by satire. Um, like just the concept. Um, like I went in and I was like, "Is it is a satire failing if I have to be told it's satire?" 
<laughs> because I know a lot of times people watch satire and they have no idea, right? Yeah. And so, and it happened. It's so common that I honestly like I. I never know what to think. Because mm. um, when I get it, I'm like, those people are so stupid. But, like, it happens a lot. And Dylan was like, I think if you have to be told, it's a bad satire. Yeah. Which means this is a bad satire. And that's my first problem with this movie. Which is why I'm jumping in, since you were already talking about it. That's okay. And um, since you listened to the commentary, I'm wondering if you can shed some light on this. Because one thing I read had said that the director, who, even without looking at IMDb, I was able to guess, was a man. Yeah, and and, and and white. <laughs> and white. Um, oh my god, there's no black people in this movie. Um, um, no, that's actually, yeah, I've written that down, yeah. There, there's, <laughs> there's actually, there's black parents in the parents, me- parents meeting oh, scene, but wow. there's no black children in the school. So, I think the, pa- the black parents were the smart ones and got their kids the fuck out of that school. That's what <laughs> happened. So there. <laughs> well, my when, logic. I was, when I was reading about it, I read that the director changed a bunch of, like, the script. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, that's what's wrong with it. Because I didn't think the writing was very good. But from what I read, the writer's intentions were different. But then another thing I read said the script was intact except for the orgy scene. So what can you tell me? The first, well, both kind of. Because the orgy scene is different. But that's not... He shot the orgy scene with actual nudity in it. But the MPAA changed it. Well, and let's be specific. I read that he shot it with every single person naked. Yes. Which made it like almost impossible to edit down. Because he had them all naked because he's a pervy perv. Yes. But... Well, yeah. Um, but I think they also... I don't know if they reshot anything. They must have done... I mean, a lot of the... I'm assuming a lot of the main actresses, like Brittany Murphy, wasn't going to get naked. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming a lot of the other like main actresses, like her best friend, wasn't going to. I'm sure. I'm sure that wasn't going to happen. So it must just have been like background extras that were naked. Well, yeah, because they had like the the main actors from the movie. Most of them, like I don't know if any of them were in the actual orgy scene. Like they were all in different rooms. Yes. So it would have been a bunch of like. Extras. Extras. Um, so that's that's also that's easy to cut out then, because mm-hmm. if your main focus is on Brittany Murphy, who's not in the the house, and then you've got the the best friend, um, who is I can't I don't know the actress's name, but she was um just standing fully clothed with someone else because she doesn't have sex, which I you know approve, um. So obviously there were scenes cut out where there was just full on naked people. Mm-hmm. So, but no, he definitely. I think the th- he says in his commentary that there was intentionally satirical moments in there, but he trimmed them down. But then he also says that he amped some of them up. I think this this is trying to be like, and we're gonna say the name of this movie again, Jen. We say it every single episode, but this movie tries to be a bit like Heather's. Oh. Oh, I, I have something for that. Okay. Um, so I was reading the Wikipedia and was shocked to, to find out that this has a 53% with critics right. uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, which I would have thought much lower. Um, okay, so the Entertainment Weekly review, a man named Doug Broad, B-R-O-D, in case you want to look him up and tell right. him he's, he's, he's just, he's, I mean, I respect other people's opinions, but his opinion is wrong. Um, 
<laughs> Here is a quote from his review. Are you ready? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm setting down. Jim. <laughs> it might just be the wittiest, most subversive teen thriller since Heather's. Right. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's bollocks. It's. There's nothing yeah. like Heather's. It tries to be like Heather's. It's trying its best. It really wants to be a slasher movie version of Heather's so much. Heather's is so sacred. This movie that people didn't like and it became a cult classic. And now it's like everyone wants to compare things to Heather's. Like Mean mm-hmm. Girls gets compared to Heather's. Jawbreaker gets compared to Heather's. This gets compared to Heather's. And nothing is going to be Heather's. No. But I'm I'm not. I didn't like set out to actually want to compare this to Heather's. Yeah. But the movie's trying to be Heather's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's trying to. And it's 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 difficult to get away from that. That was kind of my first problem as well. Was well my first problem was the tone. Mm. Um because it tries to be violent slasher movie and then a dark comedy and it's like the opening scene where uh, what's his name, Jesse Bradford? Um, he he's in it for what three minutes or something, and he's given fourth billing. Remember the days when Jesse Bradford can get fourth billing for three minutes of work, Jen? Okay, so this is this is what really confuses me about this. Okay, because I'm looking at the cast list um, before I watch it, and obviously I know Brittany Murphy and Jay Moore are in it, but I'm looking to see if there's anyone else I know. Which of course I'm not recognizing any of them until I watch the movie, and then I'm recognizing half of them. Yeah. But I see Jesse Bradford's name there, and I'm like. Cool, I love me some Jesse Bradford. And he gets killed right away. Mm-hmm. And look, I get like, so, sorry, I'm looking at his IMDb just to verify here. So he's been in Hackers. Mm-hmm. Apparently Romeo and Juliet, which I don't remember him in that. Mm-hmm. I do. And that's like it. I mean, Bring It On came out earlier this year, I think, but they wouldn't have known that was no. going to be a hit when they made this. So. Him being in the first scene and getting killed for a second, I'm like, oh, this is like Drew Barrymore or Janet Lee, And then I'm like, but no, it isn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. Like, I don't understand if he's just an actor getting a job or if he's like, if they're like, well, people love that hackers. The the last, the end credits give the the names and it's Brittany Murphy and then I think it's Jay Moore and it's Gabriel Mann and then it's Jesse Bradford and then it's and Michael Bean. So he's actually in the main, main cast mm-hmm. at the end, and that makes zero sense, because then after that, it's also starring. It could just be a case of, like, this movie did not have big names in it, and even though he was in one scene, he might be more recognisable than most of the other. Like, there were people that, you know, like... Candy Clark, though. If you're, if you're going for, like, um like a cult sort of movie-type thing, Candy Clark is right there. Put her name instead of Jesse Bradford's. Well, she's not someone I recognised, so... <laughs> Although I saw she was born here. Yeah, she's in a lot of cult movies and stuff, so she's mm. like a... She's like the kind of person that you would hire. It's like, yes, I've got Candy Clark in her movie. She was in so- this movie I saw. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing mm. a director would do. Um, But, yeah. And I, I know Gabriel Mann from the TV show Revenge. Well, it, oh, I forgot he was on Revenge. I think yeah. of, like, Josie and the Pussycats, and there was a movie called Outside Providence. Um, right. He, he was in a handful of movies around this time, like, in the early 2000s, and, but especially Josie and the Pussycats, because he was Josie's crush. Right, I don't remember him from that. It's been a while since I've seen Josie and the Pussycats. I need to rewatch it. 
Well, you know what? It may be just a year or so out of our range. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Josie Maybe. would be a good one to watch. I think, and now that you're mentioning him and Candy Clark, I think that that first scene with them is a really good example of how the tone is off. Because yeah. they're, so he's fooling around with Brittany Murphy and he's like breaking up with her and her mom shows up and like bumps a cigarette from him. And seems very flirty with him. Like, she yeah. seems very inappropriate. And she's, like, leaning in and talking to him. Doesn't look like she's going to go, but she's, like, telling her daughter she needs to get in the house. So I'm like, is she trying to get alone with the boyfriend? And it's this very, like, creepy, inappropriate um, scene where it makes me think that the whole movie was supposed to be more like that. Where you're kind of like, what the fuck is happening here? But it's the only scene that... One of the only scenes that feels like that to me. Right. Because I have written down that the characters do weird things. Because you've got Candy Clark flirting with her, her daughter's um, boyfriend. And then there's a weird scene where Brittany Murphy is standing at the window. Her dad's leaving the house and she stands at the window with her eyes closed. And then she turns to the camera and opens her eyes and says, Daddy? Well, and also, what really bothered me in that is she's, you see this long shot of her arm straight out, slowly moving towards the curtains. Yeah. It is so, it is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen on film. It's weird, because that's, like, what is he going for with that? That isn't even satire. What is he doing there? And then, and then there's a weird sort of flirty moment between Brittany Murphy and her dad, Michael Bean. We'll talk about that later. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> it, that's not the scene I have later. I have another scene later, but I have another scene we'll talk about. It's like the sexual tension with her and her father. I mean, I guess I might as well say that's my second problem is the scene where he Go goes to her when she's in bed. Yeah. And they're talking and he's, she said, <laughs> the conversation is so weird that she ends up actually saying, are you disappointed? I'm still a virgin. The sexual tension with her and her dad is gross. Yeah. That scene is gross. And I even get like, if the, if the killer's motive is killing virgins, I, I get why the dad might be like, dude, honey, are you having sex? Which first of all, go to the mom. Cause the mom would be more likely to know. And then you don't have to have this awkward conversation with your daughter in the dark in her bed. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even switch on the light. He just goes in and sits next to her in the dark and it asks this really weird question. It, oh, it, that, I felt so uncomfortable. I do understand the motive. I understand why he's doing it because he's worried about his daughter. But the way it's shot is just so weird and creepy and it doesn't have to be that way. Switch on a light. Or yes, go to the mum. Because the mum probably knows. Or get the mum to ask her. That's more appropriate. And, like, you're right, that scene where they're fighting, like, when it's the stereotypical, like, it's the shot of, you know, they fall down and, like, he's on top of her. That's what you see in movies with people who <laughs> might have sex later. Like, yeah. it's it's so, and it's, it's just so funny, like, you keep bringing up my problems before I get to them. <laughs> like, it's just the stuff with her and her dad is so incredibly gross to me. Yeah. I, it makes me wonder, like, I don't know if this is supposed to be, like, foreshadowing what he did in the past. And I just want to be like, um, that, you know, if just because a guy rapes someone doesn't mean he's creepy 100% of the time, especially with his family. Like, it makes me wonder if, is that, like, is it just the director not understanding? But 
also the movie's trying to have it both ways then if that is the, the truth because if you think about it he isn't really he he know he says he knows what he was doing when mm-hmm. the rape. He's happened, not no, but he was still one hundred percent not hundred percent. He was still drunk and he was forced on top of her. But, he was raped. Yes, he was raped. The father was raped. The father yes. did. He knowing what you're doing when two guys pick your drunk ass up yeah. off the ground when you can't even stand and put you on top of a woman. The best he you could say that he knew what he was doing is that like. He was aware they were doing this to him. Yes. Like, this was not a decision he made. No. He is not the bad guy. He's a bad guy in that he covered up for his friends. Like, I'm not saying he's a good guy, but no. he did not rape her. No, he handled the situation very, very poorly. Uh, but he, he didn't he didn't do the actual raping, no. Oh, well, even the covering up, you could even say that they could turn him in for it too. Mm-hmm. That like you even see why he might not go to the police because he would be implicated as well. I'm not saying that's okay, but like it's, he's actually a pretty sympathetic character considering mm-hmm. he didn't do anything about this. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that they never talk about it. And at the end, when she and her mom cover up for him, it would be nice if there was a scene where they talk about, like, well, he didn't really do it. Like, that, it's very frustrating to me that the movie doesn't seem to understand the father was raped. Yeah. Um, Just thinking about it now, I hope the next film we do doesn't involve rape, because that's, what, two in a row. So I think we should maybe stay off the movies about rape. Um... (laughs) (laughs) That cha- that changes my next suggestion. Right. Does it really? <laughs> right, okay, we'll talk about it later. Right, <laughs> so, um, my second problem is the killer's motivation. <laughs> That's my third problem! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's alright, because my third problem will be something different for yours, okay. because, yeah, so that's alright. Um... <laughs> Right, well, that, that's good, though. We could just have a discussion about it then, because I know these movies don't have to have, like, great reasons for the, the kills, but and it's usually about revenge, mm-hmm. but why did it have to add rape and, uh, you know, a, a guy who dresses up as a woman and who only kills virgins? It's like, it seems like a lot. It's a lot. The, I, I still don't understand the virgin thing. No. Um, that's clearly, that's clearly like a writer, he probably came up with the idea first, a killer that goes after virgins and then worked backwards. There's no decent reason there. If you're gonna have a motive, given this background, I don't understand why it's not killing people like Gabriel Mann's character who are pressuring girls to have sex. Like, that that would be more interesting if it was somebody going after... I mean, of course, it, it always has to be women, right? Like, they always have to go after women, which is why that doesn't work. Like, if he were killing men specifically, because it's four men that supposedly, like... I, I say supposedly because it's the father, but that, that raped his mother. Yes. And so it makes no sense why he would go after girls. Except, well, I guess, like, his mom then went psychotic and treated him like shit. Um, which like, where's his mom? Did she die? Like, what? Well, that's her that turns up at the end. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't get this movie. 
And Jane wore dress up. Let me just say, the only thing I remembered about this movie was who the killer was, which I wish I'd forgotten because I'm curious how I would have responded if I didn't know. And that he dressed as a woman. And I thought that I was going to find it very offensive, but I didn't. <laughs> like, it's the idea that, like, he's 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 getting revenge for what happened to his mother. Mm-hmm. And he obviously, like, wants these, like, the principal and the sheriff to, like, be scared, to feel, you know, to be reminded of this. Like, the idea that he would dress as the woman they did this to makes total sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's just, you think about that scene with him and Jerry Maguire in the restaurant when he's firing Jerry and it's such a great scene. It's such an iconic scene. And while I've seen him in a lot of things and he, he is, I mean like he's, he can be very good. It's just like this one scene is like the best thing he had in his career and sometimes when I watch something mediocre like this, I'm just like, why didn't we get more of that Jay Moore? Was Cameron Crowe the only person able to provide him with that material? Or, like, what happened there, you know? I think Jay Moore's actually quite good in this. I think he tries his best. I just think that material's not there. Well, I'll say this. They give him terrible wardrobe. His wardrobe sucks. He's wearing, like, these high-necked shirts. It's weird. It is weird. But they do a really good job of making him a character that you're kind of like rooting for. Like that he's that that she seems to have I mean she has a little crush on him, but like yeah. that she she trusts him and stuff and he doesn't seem creepy. No, he doesn't. So yeah, what you were saying earlier that he's a product of rape, so he goes after virgins rather than, you know, those that are related to the rapists. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two other guys who mm-hmm. also raped, and they are out of town. Yeah, I would have loved to hear that he killed them before coming yeah. to this town and becoming a teacher. There's, <laughs> like I said, this movie has good bones. Like, there's they. First of all, I think at this point, any movie dealing with rape this much, uh, you need to give it to you need at least three female writers to do a pass on the script. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of my what I think should happen because never trust one because there'll always be one. There'll always be that like, um, God, who is it? Chrissy Hine that was like, yeah, I got gang raped, but I blame myself. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I she she blamed herself for what she was wearing and how she acted. I I read about that. That was horrifying that she that she was in the mindset to think that. Yeah, but I will say this: if it. She also said it's what helps her deal with it better. Yeah. That if she thought of it the other way, it would be worse. So uh, I'm not going to judge her, but don't go around telling other people it's their fault. But anyway, I'm just saying that's why you need at least three women <laughs> to do a pass on these kinds yeah. of things. Because it, I don't know, I the motivation, the motive could have been good. It could have been much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really were attached to the idea that it's virgins. Yeah, I think the the title came first. I think they came up with Cherry Falls, and then for Cherry Falls virgins. There's a place in West Virginia called Cherry Falls. Like it's a real place. That's like, that's it. Then they came up with the title first, and then came up with virgins losing their virginity. Then oh, maybe it's a slasher movie where it only kills virgins. And 
They have to lose their virginity so they can stay alive. And What's your third problem? Right. My third problem is, and we've spoken about this before in other movies, but the MPAA. Because <laughs> the, this movie was actually given an NC-17 the first few times, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of the gore is cut out. And I I like, I'm not a huge gore hound. I don't, I'm, I'm not massive. I like horror movies, but I don't like them if they're too gory and too um, uh, nasty and mean-spirited. I'm not really into that. I'm not into hostile and all that sort of stuff. But I like a good sort of comedy slasher movie or something like Scream or something like that. I like that kind of thing. And this could have been a fun sort of slasher movie if it sorted the tone out. It, it wasn't so badly edited. It looked like a slasher actually cut the movie up. No, the slow-mo, like that weird, like, kind of yeah. rocky slow-mo thing during the killings, that was almost yeah. one of my problems. I hate it. You know, on Veronica Mars, um, there's a scene in the first season where she does karaoke, mm-hmm. and it has kind of that same kind of filming at one point, and Rob Thomas yeah. said it was his biggest regret of the entire show. <laughs> and like that kind of thing just makes me ill like it's it's and it seems to be something around this time that like for some reason filmmakers thought looked cool or something and i don't get it so that was his biggest regret and not like basing entire seasons on rape well right. uh, so <laughs> I, i'm not look once again i think it would be different if it were me today i don't know but well, I don't say, I, he didn't say it was his biggest regret of the show. He said it was his biggest regret of the first season. Because I remember uh, when I read that quote, the show wasn't done yet. Still, though, the whole sort of foundation of Veronica Mars is the rape thing. But, hey Half the foundation. Right. I still, I still enjoy the show. I can't get through season three because it's the rape season. I can't do it. Mm. But I'm trying my best to get, I'm going to rewatch it. Not rewatch it. I'm going to get back into it and start watching it again. And once again, so, I'm always conflicted because it's like I don't want people relying on rape too much for these things. But I also, at least we're talking about it. it, it it's all very, like, let's take care. In real life, can we start handling these things better and teaching yeah. people consent? So then it's not, so then I'm not just grateful that they're talking about it. Like in this movie, I'm like, oh, why does it have to be rape? But then I'm also like. What they're showing is real because something that people don't talk about because they talk about obviously like everybody accepts the idea of the stranger jumping out at you and grabbing you and raping you, right? Like that's what some people believe that's the only instance of rape. Mm -hmm. And more and more people are accepting of like the reality of date rape, right? That it's like someone you know. But a story that I like you know, whenever I've read essays about rape and stuff like that, like, it is a very common story. And I've known people in real life that dealt with this, where it's a group of teen boys. And so while I don't like that rape is part of the motivation here, it's like, it's this thing that is pretty common that still isn't talked about, that, like, it is often a group of teenage boys getting together and doing this to one person. Do you think this might have been a little bit different if the opening scene was that not the rape, we don't need a rape in the opening scene, but if the opening scene was that and then we flash forward to today and then we don't know who 
the rapists are. Yes. Yeah. And then also we know what the women, I can't, what was her name? Laura Lai? I can't say the name. Laura Lee. That's it. Laura I can't say it. I have problems <laughs> of R's and L's sometimes. Can't well, say it. at one point I thought it was Laura, Laura Lai. Yeah. I thought that's what somebody said, but it was Laura Lee. Right, well, when because we know that what she looks like, so then when we see the killer later on, the killer looks like her. Mm-hmm. That might have been, you know, better storytelling-wise. But, like, things like um, the sheriff getting murdered when he gets killed, mm-hmm. that was edited out. Um, there was supposed to be, like, a head splatter there. And also the gag where the deputy says, um, I have to stay here at my post, I can't just split. <laughs> and then you're supposed to see his head get split. Yeah. That's the joke. <laughs> it's stupid, but that's the joke. And I probably would have loved that scene. If I, that was I, left I in. got the joke. I laughed. Like I, I was like, "Well, this isn't executed well," but I, I no. got it. But it also made me laugh because it reminded me of the last episode of Buffy. Yeah, <laughs> that exact joke is in the last episode of Buffy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So I think the MPA just fucked this movie over so much. It's so much because then it ended up not getting a distributor, not going to theatres in the US, and then going straight to TV when it was cut even more. The MPA I find so confusing, like because you know what they cut from screen, right? Yes, the thing with the cameraman, and I've seen it. I saw it once. I don't know why this has never been made available on DVD or Blu-ray or anything. Sorry, two seconds. Remember when I was telling you on Mrs. Doubtfire about the videos where someone shows you the edited scenes and talks about them being cut in mm-hmm. the UK. Well, they've actually got one on Scream and they actually show the, the footage of like Kenny getting dis no Kenny, um the Steve getting disembowelled at the beginning and stuff. Uh-huh. So they actually sh- but that wasn't cut in the UK. We had the same version you did. That was available in uh, China on DVD that the full version. In ninety seven I went to a party at a friend's house. Halloween party and her parents rented on pay-per-view the director's cut of Scream and it had that stuff and like the Kenny the cameraman thing like the whole thing Mm -hmm. is like you see his throat being slit but you see like the despair in his eyes like there's this look he gives you Mm -hmm. that he gives her that is actually really good and Mm -hmm. it actually puts some emotion and makes him more real like it makes the death a little more powerful yeah and the the mpa cut it out because it's like what a couple more seconds of a bloody neck Mm -hmm. it's always driven me crazy because i remember listening to the commentary and hearing the description of the scene and like why it was there and it was actually like a lot of thought was put into it and it pissed me off but on the other hand with this movie in the first scene like you can tell that it was supposed to be gorier but it feels like the de- the death of the girl was going to be more graphic, like in, or her dead body, than the guy. And it still feels like the movie would have been focused more on uh, the gore of the women's death and not the men's death. Not necessarily so. I oh, think really? Jesse Brad Jesse Bradford's. You were supposed to see okay. him getting like slashed when he goes back into the car. Uh, okay, because I'm going off of what we see in the movie, and it's like, I feel like we yeah. hardly see anything of him, but we see yeah. more of the girls. When he's getting stabbed, it cuts to hard reaction, but you're actually supposed to see him getting, you know, really getting railed on. Okay. Uh, yeah, the fact that this went straight to TV boggles my mind. 
And it must it must have looked awful. It must have done, and it was actually this because this cost what ten million or something to make. Fourteen. It actually fourteen. Actually, technically, the like um most expensive TV movie ever made. Yeah, I read that. But it got to cinemas over here because I remember seeing it um advertised for cinemas over here. So I'm looking at my notes, and I just have one scene I really need to talk about. Yeah. So Brittany Murphy has found out this awful thing about her father, and she goes to see Gabriel Mann's character. Notice I have not learned anyone's names. Yeah. <laughs> um, and first of all, she's like, bite my toe. Like, that whole thing made me feel real weird. See, <sighs> right. That's, I've written this down, right? Because I hate looking at bare feet. That is one of the things in the world I can't stand to look at, right? So you're not Tarantino. No. <laughs> I, I, I find, like, if there's a horror movie and then someone's got bare feet in it, that's the scariest thing to me. <laughs> um, uh, because I wanted to throw up. Really just, I was like, really had a physical reaction. That I really hated seeing that. And then she was, he foot up here, at the face, like, no, go away. She had really long toes. Did she? I don't know. I don't like. <laughs> okay, so here's my problem. Here's one of my problems with the scene. And by yeah. problems with the scene, my problem with a lot of men. Um, so Gabriel Mann's character, we are introduced to him. He's like pressuring her to have sex. Or not, and it's like, he's like, aren't you afraid you're going to die a virgin? And she's like, she kind of laughs it off. And like, that's the trigger for him to be like, we're done. He dumps her because she doesn't want to have sex with him, right? Right. So then in this scene, she's pressuring him, and he's like, I don't want to have sex with you if you're having sex to get back at your parents. Here's the thing, and this is a real thing. This is a thing, like, I've talked to any straight or girl who pretended to be straight in high school. Talk to any straight woman. A lot of them have stories like this, where, like, he's fine having sex with her if she gives in because he pressured her. Which is gross. Yeah. Yeah. But if the motivation is something that has nothing to do with him, he's not into it. No, okay. Like, if if she wanted to have sex with him, like, just to get back at her parents, like, he's, he's like, no, you should want to have sex with me. But it was fine when it's like, she's only going to have sex with him, so he won't break up with her. Mm-hmm. No, no, I get you. That's gross. And also, he probably would rather bang her mother anyway, so... Oh my god, I'm just like, was there a draft where this happened? Like, there's a point where she's standing on the porch, Brittany Murphy's gone inside, she's standing on the porch and she's smoking her cigarette, and she, like, looks like she's looking down the street kind of weird or something, and I was fully expecting that he was waiting in his car for her. Some really weird things in this film. There's some really weird character beats. It's strange. It it really felt like, and it makes sense that the director went in and changed things, it really felt like that thing where people rewrite something so much that they don't realize they're leaving things in that don't make sense because they cut other stuff out. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Also, I hate that he carves virgin knot into the principal's head because that's stupid. That, again, going back to my my problem with what's his motivation because he's also killing non-virgins. So that's, it's not... It doesn't make any sense that he's just going after virgins because the people that he is really after aren't virgins. So it makes no sense. It's yeah, it's stupid. This movie's a hot mess. It is. It really, really is. 
God, I feel like there was something else really important I had to say about this. I <laughs> probably not. Oh, you can't look. Let's stop talking about the hymen as like this thing that can tell whether or not someone's a virgin. Like most likely, it's been broken already by now. The whole yeah. idea of like like it's clear that they're writing it, and it's like he's killing virgins. But how can you know they were virgins? How would the cops know? Like, we know Jesse Bradford's a virgin because we flat out hear him say, I want my first time to be with you. But, like, I I hate, I hate this idea that, like, you know, the coroner's like, oh, yeah, her hymen was intact, so she was a virgin. Like, it's stupid. The, the thing I remember most about this film, apart from Jay Moore being the killer, um, was that I, I like that the film plays with your expectations just a little bit mm-hmm. with the slasher movie genre because um, she finds her dad in the trunk and then she discovers that her teacher is the killer mm-hmm. so then you expect the that that be the final act that it's Jodie trying to get her and her dad out and then get chased by the killer and then you know her and her teacher have a fight or Gabriel Mann will swoop in and get stabbed or something you think that's the final act but no, the final act is Jay Moore goes to the party and starts killing <laughs> up with the folk and just starts slashing and stabbing. And I fucking love that. I think that is just such a great scene because you hadn't seen it before. Because usually in horror movies, slashing movies, it's like one or two people together and they always get split up and, you know, they get murdered, they get picked off one by one. But this was just, when I watched this the first time, I was like, holy shit, that's a great idea. Why, why hasn't anyone thought about it before? So I like that. It subverts like the horror, horror trope a little bit. And I like that. I like it when movies do that. But the rest of the movie's a fucking mess. What, I, one thing I kept thinking is, what would you do in that situation? Like, if someone is... Leave and you, town. And you have a kid, what Leave are you doing? Well, you know, no, you know what you do. <laughs> Have, you leave town. Well, you leave town, but also, ha- <laughs> like, the solution seems to be let's all go have an orgy, right? Like, I would just have my kid lie about having sex. <laughs> like, how is the killer going to, like, man, th- and this guy must be listening to the gossip in the halls? Well, he does because the girl that he kills was slamming her head in the door. Mm-hmm. That's how we know that it's someone who's at the school because... The altercation that she has with the guy indicates that she's a virgin. So he's there in the room hearing this in the cafeteria. Um, And also, by the way, that girl, um, Clementine Ford, Mm -hmm. um, she is Sybil Shepherd's daughter. Oh. Yes. Hmm. And um, Amanda Anker, who plays the deputy, is the daughter of Paul Anker. Oh. Right. My positive is... Brittany Murphy. Damn. Is that yours? I have a backup. Because I think she's just so, like, raw, and she's just so, like, adorable and likeable. Mm-hmm. She had this sort of really, sort of, yeah, raw presence about her. And I like it in this because when she's getting attacked, and you can tell that, I, I, well, I imagine this is a choice in Brittany Murphy's part, but she just, like, sort of fucking screams. She's like roaring at the killer defiantly all the time, and it's like, yeah, that's what you would do in that situation. And I really do like, I just like Brittany Murphy. I just, I mean, and a lot of her early roles, she was just so bloody good and adorable, and 
real. Brittany Murphy was so was such a lovely actress, and she was good. And I never understood, like even at the time, I didn't understand with all these teen movies why she wasn't in any of them. Like this was the first one, and for all we know, like that was a choice she made or a choice her manager made or whatever, which. I think it was a terrible choice because the teen movies of the late 90s, there were plenty there that had some substance. And if anything, like, a job's a job. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, she was so great and clueless. But, like, I remember even seeing her in some other little roles before then. And it's like, you know, she on TV, she often played, like, the quirky friend or whatever, like, on Sister Sister. or And she was on this show called Almost Home where she was delightful. Like yeah, and um, she was on an episode or two of Party of Five. Like she was, she was around and she was cute and she was quirky. And then she did this. She did Uptown Girls, which I personally did not enjoy. Um, like I, I kept watching her movies, and every once in a while she'd be in something like Girl Interrupted, which is like a good movie. And she's, I mean, she's good and everything, but like, then there would be movies where she just, it just wasn't that great. And I don't understand. Like, was it because she wasn't? stereotypical Hollywood beauty. Like, she wasn't, like, tall and blonde or whatever. Well, the later she was blonde. Like, I don't know what it was, but she should have had a better career. It's just, it's so sad what happened to her. And it, I don't know, it's, I, I, it was nice, because I, I went into this movie thinking about how much I thought it sucked the first time I watched it. And this time I'm watching it, and I'm, like, happy that it's not as bad as I remembered, and that she isn't that that she was actually very good in it because it, she's really good i was really i was kind of nervous about watching a movie where she was bad <laughs> you know after yeah no she's very natural she's just uh, I, I mean i believe that she's terrified when she's screaming <laughs> do you know i think she's really good and also the director and the commentary admits that he and jay moore didn't get on mm. so that's always good i, <laughs> I always guess good to hear. <laughs> i guess my good thing will be um Sort of Jay Moore, but not necessarily the actor himself, but the the casting is very good. Um, mm-hmm. And I think because this is a movie where we are dealing with a killer who is a man um, dressed as a woman and they need us to believe it's a woman. Like, I mean, the reason mm-hmm. you have the killer in Scream wearing like a costume that ha- that covers the entire body and is like basically a robe is so that you don't know who the gender is. You can't guess. Yes. Generally, by the build of the killer, you can tell it's a man. And they really they really sell the fact that it's a woman. And Jay Moore, like, when you see him in the dress, um, especially with, like, he's, you know, he's got some muscles, he's got some nice arms, but they're not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some pretty slender but muscular arms. And mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that they cast someone that I actually buy as someone that people would buy is a woman. Um, I think that I that's impressive. I mm-hmm. I didn't think that that would be a thing. And obviously, she's wearing like a or he's wearing a, a coat that would cover up the the parts of the body where you would be able to better tell it's a male. But they yeah. But in the scene towards the end, we actually see him putting on the makeup, mm-hmm. and then he walks over. Yeah, he presents himself, yeah, really well as as a female. But yeah, a lot of the scenes like where Brittany Murphy's getting chased in the school, mm-hmm. um, is actually a woman. 
yeah. uh, the cast of women to do the a lot of the, the running scenes I, and stuff. I figured. But they also mm-hmm. do a good job when he's being the, just the teacher, when he's being himself. Yep. The clothes, and I mean, a lot of this is in line with like some 90s fashion, but his clothes are pretty baggy. Like his suits are baggy. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, I think his wardrobe is awful. But <laughs> it's a good way of hiding his body from us. Yeah, it is, because then you don't know, you don't recognise the build Mm -hmm. straight away. Like, if the killer was, like, seven foot tall, you would know it was Gabriel Mann. Mm -hmm. If the killer was smaller, then you would probably know it was Candy Clark's character. Mm -hmm. That would have been weird if it was her mum that done it. Um, So, yeah. Oh, but that would have been interesting. Like, if her mom, Mm -hmm. her mom seems to, like, like, it seems like maybe she's trying not to believe that this woman was actually raped. Yeah. The the scenes played very interestingly when she talks about it because it's like she doesn't believe it's true but she knows it's true, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. some it's th- that's very interesting to me. Uh which I think is probably how it would be in real life. It would be interesting if she were the killer and she's like getting revenge at girls like she thinks that like this woman lied about her husband. That would have been mm-hmm. interesting too. Yep. I'd be interested to see what the the original script was like. That's the thing I'm actually really hating about this podcast is like, as I'm doing research into these movies, <laughs> I'm finding out what the original intentions were. Yeah. And I want these scripts. I want to find them and read them. And it's like, there's so much that's lost. And I hope that these days people are keeping more stuff because so much is digital. Like, um, like we talked about it with Carly Wait, the idea that like that director's cut which was probably a much better movie, is probably lost. Yeah, same with this one. A lot of the, the gory scenes, um, Scream Factory did a special edition mm-hmm. for uh, Blu-ray for this and they couldn't find the yeah, deleted The director doesn't have it. Like, yeah. you would think that it's just, it's insane to me. And then I feel like every decade or so there's a fire at a studio and stuff gets lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's why I'm glad I'm grateful for DVDs and Blu-rays that they do put extra stuff on them, and that that is a thing that they are very because this was early days of DVD, right? So it makes sense they yeah. wouldn't have had that stuff that they wouldn't have put it on there, especially they didn't do that for smaller releases. Did you notice that the and that I forgot about this until I rewatched it, but the end credits rolled down instead of go up. <laughs> I read that and I had actually stopped it before the credit started. So I'm yeah, excited. and that I've only ever noticed that in one other movie, and that is Bird on a Wire, starring Goldie Hawn and um, Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. The credits to that rolled down the way instead of up. I don't know why they do it. Hmm. That's two movies I know of. There might be more, um, but yeah, that's really strange. And no virgins were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> No. That's all we have time for. Uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod, which is my other podcast on Twitter, but just, you know, follow follow that. Um, and shiftybench.co.uk is where you'll find all our other podcasts. Uh, Drop the Pilot and Fringe Division, as well as So What's the Problem. Uh, and contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address if you want to send us some feedback or some suggestions for movies. Um, or if you know where the um, <laughs> deleted scenes to these movies are or the original scripts, send them to us. Don't send them to anyone else. <laughs> we want them. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Jen? 
at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And I also have another podcast that is a Party 5 Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. And you can find me at, at Closer to Free Pod um, on the social meds as well. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if I want, I want to read the script. I want to, yeah. I want to see what could have been. I want to see if it's better. Absolutely right. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.